I'm Amber Tresca, and this is About IBD. It's my mission to educate people living with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. Welcome to episode 120. One of the things that we sometimes say about IBD is that Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis affect men and women in the same numbers. But that doesn't mean that these diseases affect everyone's lives in the same way. It's no surprise that there are more women active in the patient advocacy community than there are men. This show is a perfect example. It is far easier for me to book women for an interview than it is to book men. Another thing I see in the IBD space is that women are often the ones asking questions for the men in their life about medications, surgery, and quality of life issues. It's clear that we have some challenges to address in order to better help men living with IBD. That's why I asked Carlos C.J. Cabrera, who also goes by C.J. Parpuro, to explain how living with ulcerative colitis has affected him, why he began sharing his journey with IBD and mental health, and how he not only found a community where he felt welcome, but became an ambassador to help others. CJ, thank you so much for coming on about IBD. Thank you for having me. Would you please introduce yourself and let us know what your diagnosis is and what your role is in the IBD community? Yes, my name is Carlos Cabrera. I go by CJ Poporo. I have uh, ulcerative colitis and my role in the IBD community is uh, advocate and I'm a host ambassador for Color of Crohn's and Chronic Illness. I wonder if we could start by you telling me a little bit about how you were diagnosed with IBD. Yes, I'd want to say that my stomach problems began in 2016, a week before uh, getting out of the military. I ended up in the ER with a lacerated spleen, grade two, uh, no physical blow or trauma. So everybody in their moms was confused at the doctors when I walked in there and they gave me the CAT scan and they're asking me like, you're sure there wasn't no physical blow or trauma? I was like, yes, all we did was drive up to Big Bear, ate, went to a bar and then came back. After that, I ended up getting out maybe two weeks later. Uh, I continued living my life as a, as a normal uh, normal vet trying to go to college. Um, around that time, I wanted to gain some weight as well. So I started weightlifting, got into school, and um, not too long later, maybe a few months later, after being in school and lifting consistently, I started to get blood and stool. And uh, as a guy, I just thought it had to do with a rough bathroom session. And then I had diarrhea as well. And I just chalked it up to the protein poops. I just kept going with it uh, because I, I, I saw results in the fitness and I disregarded, you know, the stuff that was going on in the bathroom. But it, it ended up just, I ended up having it more consistently. It ended up getting a little bit worse and worse each time. And then eventually it led up to me just filling the toilet bowl completely up with blood. That was very alarming for me. Um, I knew something was seriously wrong with me. Then I told my parents and they told me, you got to, you got to go to the doctors 100%. And one of my barriers for me to going to the doctors was, you know, finances, uh, I didn't have insurance. Um, I was still trying to get set up with the the VA or the Veterans Affairs Hospital. And um, 
they sent me to a private doctor and that private doctor said it could possibly be hemorrhoids from all the heavy lifting and they put me on a whole wheat a high fiber diet, and if we know IBD, that is not good for us. <laughs> so eventually, that just ended up making my symptoms worse. Still filling up the toilet bowl with blood. Ended up in the ER a couple times as well, and then that's after the ER. That's when I knew that I I really needed to get set up with the VA because uh, those ER visits they were just slapping me with five hundred dollar bill, $700 bill for one visit. And (laughs) me over here not working, um, (laughs) that just made me not want to go to the ER or the doctor any more than I already was. Um, So when I finally got set up with the VA, fast forward, uh, 2018, I'm still going to school. And uh, it's around, I'd say, uh, March time. And I finally got my date for my colonoscopy and uh, all my symptoms disappeared completely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They disappeared completely. And I was just. Did you do something or it just, they just stopped? It just stopped. Inexplicably just stopped. And me being the young, naive person I was, I was like, oh, I'm cured. (laughs) But, (laughs) but. No, no, no. The thing was that I had that, oh, I'm cured once already, and I ended up in the ER. So I ended up calling the doctor, and I was like, hey, my symptoms disappeared on me, and it's been a a couple days, and they haven't appeared. I'm like, should I still get this colonoscopy? And the nurse told me, "Um, if you're not having any symptoms, you don't have to get it, but we recommend you do. Mm -hmm. And me being the guy that I am... All I was listening for was the no. The no. (laughs) And then I said, okay, thank you. And then I hung up. Fast forward, I'm in the ER again a month later. And then I'm just like, yeah, I can't. I got to get a colonoscopy. And by then, I already had the prep. I already went through the class with the VA. um, And I was already set up with the VA because it took a total about six months to get set up with the VA. Um, And I had to bounce in between two departments, uh, primary care. And then finally, when I got that diagnosis um, in April 2018, uh, all my doctor did was he gave me a pamphlet to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and said if I had any questions to ask him and told me, you know, some things not to eat and what to avoid. And that was about it. Almost every diagnosis story I've ever heard is pretty wild, but yours is one of the wildest. So it started with your spleen, but you still, it sounds like you still don't know like what happened there. Like what, what was that about? It's, it's a mystery to everyone and and me and the doctors as well. Um, I stayed in the hospital for like a week. I didn't have to get surgery or anything. It just healed up completely on its own. It, it kind of seems like based on the, the timeline here that it might be related. It ended up setting me up for my future though, because because of that, I was able to link the two together mm-hmm. because they're both in my gut. And I was able to get VA benefits for my ulcerative colitis. Did your doctors ever give you any advice about diet or tell you things that you should or shouldn't be eating? One thing he did tell me too, I asked him a question. I asked him because I knew it was an inflammatory bowel disease. And I asked him if diet had to do a part of it. And he said no. 
What has your relationship with your diet been like and how has that changed since you were diagnosed? Um, I thought I was doing everything good and healthy, you know, working out, eating, trying to gain weight, going to school. But I guess my body was never meant to handle dairy. Mm-hmm. Because when I was going through my bulking phase, um, I got I tried to do it the 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 normal way, you know, eating right. six meals, five meals a day. But back then, I couldn't really do that. That was just too much food for me. So yeah. my friend put me on to drinking mass gainers. I would drink mass gainers. Um, they're about like a thousand two hundred some calories, thousand three hundred per shake, along with. 12 ounces of whole milk. Oh. And I'll do about two of those shakes a day on top of food. Mm-hmm. So I found out that mass gainers have maltodextrin in it. Mm-hmm. And maltodextrin is like a type of sweetener, I guess, or sugar. And taking a lot of maltodextrin can actually change your microbiome. And um, that's what I feel I did. I changed my microbiome mm-hmm. with that. But on top of that, I already had my stressors from the military mm-hmm. play an effect into that. I guess that's what happened with the the spleen. And then I ended up continuing that with the bulking uh, cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to throw on top of that school, another stressor. Right. Uh, so a whole bunch of different stressors, environmental factors kind of just sped up my IBD. Um, I know I don't really have anybody in my family officially diagnosed with IBD, but I mm-hmm. know they have GI problems. Mm-hmm. And my mom last year on Mother's Day, we were in the ER for mild colitis. And then they diagnosed her with mild colitis at the ER. But okay. what does that mean? <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. And then. <laughs> The next, they said, I was like, no, I want a colonoscopy. And then they were telling me we're going to have to wait because she is older. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to make her get a colonoscopy now if she's bleeding. And then, you know, that could cause a whole other complication. So they made her wait like a month, a month or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when she finally got it, they just said hemorrhoids. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I hope. I hope hope it's hemorrhoids. Yeah, I hope hope that's the end of it. Yeah. (laughs) So tell me about this lapse in coverage that you had. You were leaving the military. Is that because you had finished your your time? Yes. And like, what's the deal there? Why did that take so long for that to all get settled for you to be able to get coverage? Oh, man, the VA is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I knew that was going to be part of it, but it just seems to me like, does everybody go through that, that you have this lapse? Yes, everybody who goes to the VA know they're just, it's just a headache. Yeah. Um, Every day, just going through loops, talking on the phone, getting passed around, and then waiting, a whole lot of waiting, too. I feel like in total, when I put my packet in to when I finally got accepted, probably like three months. Wow. That's so wild. And it just so happened that you were getting really sick during that time. Yes. Yeah. So you were sort of falling between the cracks there. At some point, you decided that you were going to start posting about your journey and being more open about your journey. Was there something that happened that made you start doing that? Yes. So around 2018, 
possibly August time frame. I transferred to a four-year university called George Mason after I got my associate's degree at Nova. Um, during then, my symptoms were picking up. I did have sense of urgency a lot. I uh, was going to the bathroom a lot, but I was pushing through it. And then the whole new stress of going to a new school, figuring everything out. Um, I'd park off campus, so I'd have to walk around like 30, <laughs> 30 minutes to get to to my classes. Um, it was in the summer. Ugh. I ended up catching two different infections. Uh, oh I caught gosh. a sinus infection and I caught bronchitis. And with both of those, I was still kind of in class a little bit. I remember being in class with just this big pressure in my forehead. My my sinus is just clogged up, and I'm just like this, trying to trying to just study and like pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then my UC starts to pick up. I'm mm-hmm. getting a sense of urgency, so I end up going to the bathroom a few times in class. But after that day, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't focus on school be in the bathroom because I'm just missing it. I don't feel good. Um, I ended up dropping out on the last day of tuition refunds. I spent a good time bed rest from my bed to my bathroom. I went from 160, 150 to 120, barely eating. I used the bathroom anywhere from 25 to 30 times a day. Mm. Extreme fatigue, blood, mucus. It was just not a good time. My mental was down. Yeah. Uh, I basically isolated myself from everybody. Nobody really knew what was going on with me. Uh, they were just praying. Um, mm-hmm. During the time, I remember one one day I was just tired of feeling the way I was feeling. I was just sad. I was alone. Um, as a guy, like I, I legit like cried every day. It was pretty sad. Um, mm-hmm. And it came to the point where I was just like. I need to tell everybody what's going on because I feel like I had a big break from social media. I haven't talked to nobody. The only people that knew that was going on was the people in the household mm-hmm. and the people who knew that I told that were I was diagnosed. So then I decided to go on social media. I joined a couple support groups back in the day. Right when I was diagnosed, I joined ulcerative colitis support group, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease. And I would just watch people just talk on there. They would talk so openly about their problems. And it made me think about, I was like, if they could do it, I could do it too. So when I was hurting, like probably one of my lowest times, I was just like, I just need some support. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. then I just draft up a whole thing talking about what I was going through and then I posted it on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And the amount of support I received on all three of those platforms. And I posted it on the support group. And the support I just received of all of them was just overwhelming positively. It made me feel good. It made me feel seen. It made me feel unalone. Mm-hmm. It kind of made me, it kind of jump-started my advocating career. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it made me feel so good that, you know, I got, I felt like I got a weight off my chest. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hiding anything anymore. I wasn't trying to hide anything. I just, I was just being me at that point. So after I did that, uh, and everybody hit me up, um, even people I didn't know, 
mm-hmm. random IBDers telling me about, you know, their stories. And that's how I connected with some people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to tell you about my partnership with a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I am not consistent about taking vitamins. I think that maybe so many years of taking medications for IBD has put me off to taking vitamins, even though I need them because I've had a colectomy and I tend to have some deficiencies. Now I've been using AG1 for several weeks and I love it. It doesn't have a medicine taste, but it has this mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. The travel packs are really convenient for me so I can make sure that I get my AG1 no matter where I am or how busy my life gets. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging all of the things. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It's also cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. And you also may or may not know that I have a background in environmental science. So it's important to me that Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash IBDpod. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash IBDpod to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do you have any advice for other men living with IBD, especially people who maybe aren't so comfortable talking about things openly? Okay, so I'd say that every every guy is different, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, we all go through things. We all have emotions and, um, it's okay to feel things guys, you know, from a very young age, um, we're kind of taught to not really express our emotions to bottle it up and to not even worry about it. Just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And that's not good because at the end of the day, all those things that you're bottling up, they will resurface. And sometimes they'll resurface in a negative way. One thing we could do to help guys, become more open and maybe more vulnerable is hosting like maybe guy only groups and passing, uh, making sure they're actually filled and people talking and stuff, bringing other guys who are vulnerable into those groups Mm -hmm. so that they could talk so that they could show everybody that it's okay. You know, at the end of the day, we're all going through the same thing. And the only way to get it off our chest is to talk about it. Mm -hmm. What do men need to understand about how IBD affects them differently? I'd say it's tough. It's tough. This disease will break you down mm-hmm. physically and mentally. It's broken me down a couple of times. I'm not going to lie to you. This disease has had me feeling 
less than a man. Mm-hmm. Had me questioning my future almost to the point where it was just like, can I even be the man that I want to be because of this disease is bringing up all these difficulties? Will it allow me to live a, a normal life? Will it allow me to live a life where I could provide for a family, have a job, you know, just a normal life? And that's some things that we all have to go through in our disease. But I know that as soon as we figure out our own disease in a part and how to manage it, we can get past those questions that we ask ourselves. Have you been dealing with any other health problems along with your ulcerative colitis? Yes, ma'am. I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in 2021 along with osteoarthritis maybe like a month later or two. Mm -hmm. What was that? process like like how did you know that something was off and then how did you go about getting diagnosed the thing with the rheumatoid arthritis that I guess that came from a hand injury I think 2020 I uh, messed up my my right hand mm-hmm. um, I have risen bone in my in my hand and then I had bone erosion in my wrist mm-hmm. um, all the VA did was told me to wrap it and ice it I was in extreme pain. Yeah. My hand was inflamed. Yeah. And all they told me to do was ice it and wrap it and in a week it would be okay. No, no. I was I was I was one-handed for maybe like a couple months. Oh my gosh. Um it was really really hard time for me. Really hard time physically and mentally one because I couldn't do anything because I'm not left-handed. Uh, two mentally because it was just really bringing me down that I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. All I was doing was just sitting and wasting time. I just felt like a waste of space. Yeah. And then maybe like six months later, uh, they did a checkup and they saw that there was rheumatoid arthritis. <sighs> but then uh, not too long after, uh, I remember my back started hurting, like a sharp pain in my lower right back. Mm-hmm. Constant pain, constant pain. First day I was like, all right, constant pain. Did I pull something working out? I don't know. I haven't really been working out, so I don't know what's going on. The next day, okay, this is not cool. Two days in a row. Then the third day I was like, no, I gave myself a three-day rule. If I feel pain for three days, I automatically have to go to the doctor. So I told the doctor... They pulled me in for, um, I think, an Mm x-ray. And then they saw I had mild joint space narrowing, which is OA, in three spots in my spine. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. What did that feel like? That must be devastating. I'm not going to lie to you. It destroyed me. It destroyed me, one, Mm -hmm. because I am a physical person. Yeah. Um, Fitness is what I'm about. And me not being able to do anything with my hands... Mm-hmm. And then now me being me having a degenerative disease in my spine. Right. Meaning that it will get worse. Yeah. I just have to maintain it. Um, that played that played a big part in my mental. I was depressed for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to figure out how to move around it. But I feel like it wasn't until um, I started my new drug that, you know, the RA symptoms started to go down and OA pain started to go down as well. Mm -hmm. And I started to, you know, get back to normal. Did you know that ulcerative colitis can also be associated with all these other things? Or was that a surprise when you started experiencing these problems with your your joints and your bones? 
No, I knew. Um, okay. Doing doing research for my ulcerative colitis, I would always experience um, joint pain. Mm-hmm. Even before my RA, uh, I would have my knuckles would become inflamed. Yeah. My knees would become inflamed. My feet would become inflamed after exercising, running, just just using them. They just become inflamed. Mm-hmm. Did you Google it to see what you'd find? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Don't Google your symptoms, gents. <laughs> you know, before um, RA, one thing that the doctors told me that they saw on the slide was they thought they saw something called complex regional pain syndrome, hmm. which is another chronic pain disease mm-hmm. in my wrist, um, where it makes it so that the pain is equivalent or more to the original injury. Mm-hmm. And that messed me up mentally too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CJ, tell me about color of Crohn's and chronic illness in your relationship and about what they do in the IBD community. Yes, my relationship with uh, color of Crohn's and chronic illness or Kochi uh, started in 2020. Um we interviewed an ambassador for them and that ambassador or their lead ambassador then uh, asked us to become ambassadors. Um, And I joined right away because why not join an organization that is fighting for uh, equity in IBD for people of color. And how has that impacted your journey? Man, (laughs) color Crohn's and chronic illness has been holding it down for me. I'm not going to lie. They have impacted my journey in such a positive way. I really don't know where I would be right now if I had never joined the organization. Um, I've met so many vibrant, wonderful people. I've heard so many amazing stories. Um, They've given me so many wonderful opportunities as well, you know, working with pharmaceutical companies, research councils, patient councils, um, clinical trials as well. Um, And then just participating in uh, community events like Kochi Goes to College and speaking at a couple of colleges. And where can people find Kochi? Uh, They can find them on Facebook at Color Crohn's and Chronic Illness and on Instagram at Color of CCI and then at their website at uh, kochi.org or cocc.org. But CJ, do you have any funny or embarrassing stories about your life with IBD <laughs> that you can share? Yes, I think I got one. Um, it's kind of funny. This was, <laughs> I think, around my first few infusions at the VA. So here's, uh, I think this is my first infusion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um so I'm in the infusion clinic, and I'm waiting to get uh, the IV put in. And next to me, there's this older lady, and I guess she has rolling veins. Yeah. So all I'm hearing is them trying to stick her, and they're all like, it's not going in. Her veins are rolling. And all I hear her is just moaning. "Ah." I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, okay, all right, cool. Um, 
I'm young, so that's not going to happen to me, hopefully. <laughs> but then they put in the IV. I'm like, all right, cool. But I'm sitting there waiting um, because they have to wait like maybe like 30 minutes before they can actually give it to me or something yeah. like that. So I was waiting and then they finally started it. And boom, my sense of urgency hits. Oh, geez. I was just like. I look at the nurse and I stand up. I was like, I got to go now. (laughs) 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 Like I instantly got up. I just went, boom, I got to go now. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, no, 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 sit down. They're trying to sit me down. But I got up and then I fell. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm like woozy. So I'm over here holding on to this, to the IV stick, Joe. And I'm like walking to the bathroom. They're trying to take me down. I'm like, no, I need to go to the bathroom. And they're like trying to take me to the ground and they're just like, just go on yourself. I'm like, the bathroom's right there. <laughs> I'm not going on myself. <laughs> so then I just they finally let me go. I'm like, just let me use the bathroom. They're like, okay. So then let me go. I made it to the bathroom. I ended up using it. But they literally tried to take me down to the floor so that I would go on myself and the bathroom is right there. What? Yes. <laughs> yes, just because I was woozy. I felt like I think I almost like fainted down from yeah. how quick I got up. Yeah. But yeah. They was just just trying to get me to the ground and worried that, that since I was woozy and lightheaded that I was gonna like pass out or something. Yeah. They didn't they didn't want you to fall. They're like, You're not falling on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny how I was just like so determined hanging on to the thing, just walking like this to the bathroom. <laughs> You're like, no, I need to, I need to get there. Oh my gosh. CJ, thank you so much for sharing all of your journey with me. I really appreciate it. And for everything that you have been doing for the community, your voice is so impactful and so important. And I want everyone to be able to find you. So I wonder if we could go through some of your social media channels. Yes. Yes. So I am on Instagram at Bopuro. P-A-P-U-R-O. And I have quite several Instagrams if you're into different kinds of content. So I have a gaming Instagram, which is at chill.ghost. And then I have a cannabis one, which is Papuro Smokes, P-A-P-U-R-O Smokes. And then... Uh, YouTube, if you guys are into YouTube, I have a YouTube, which is Popuro. I just cover cannabis content, IBD-related content, um, and that's pretty much it. Perfect. We'll get all of that in the show notes so that everyone can follow you. And it's been really great to see your content, to see how you approach all these uh, different aspects of living with IBD. And so I appreciate your being in the community. I'm so glad that you're finding it a space that is uh, helpful to you as well as you navigate all of these difficult things in your journey. And so thank you for coming on about IBD and sharing everything with us. I appreciate you having me. Hey, super listener. Thanks to CJ Perperro for sharing his story and for the work he's doing in the IBD and the color of Crohn's and chronic illness communities. His point about being an example to others is so valid. The more we amplify one another's voices, the further our message will reach. To that end, share this episode with someone you know who needs to hear it. 
links to a written transcript, everyone's social media handles, and more information on the topics we discussed is in the show notes and on my episode 120 page on aboutibd.com. You can follow me, Amber Tresca, across all social media as About IBD. Thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. About IBD is a production of Mal and Tal Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by me, Amber Tresca. Mix and sound design is by Mac Cooney. Theme music is from Cooney Studio.